With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher's Shots YouTube channel and podcast where we are back with yet another match reaction. I am your host today, Chris, joined by Scott, Daryl and Ian. I'm going to put it out there straight away, this is not going to be a happy one. Newcastle went to Villa Park and got their asses spanked and sent back home as we suffered a 3-0 defeat, which flattered ourselves to say the least. Um, Scott, I'm going to come to you first of all because I think we've, we've figured out now that myself and, and you are never going to be doing a live reaction, uh, sorry, sorry, a live watch along because that was a shambles, mate, from start to finish. But anyhow, made a couple of changes. Well, sorry, yep. one change. Um, Longstaff dropped out of the start 11 uh, and Gordon came in. Yes. Looking back on that now, and I know we've got hindsight to our advantage. But does that just highlight how much we miss Longstaff's work rate in the centre of the field? Um, I think so, and that's nothing against Anthony Gordon. Um, I don't. I, I think there's been a lot of scapegoatism, if that's a word, going against him over the past twenty four hours. Um, you know, saying that how should never start him in the first place. I think you've got to give him his chance. But yeah, we absolutely missed Joe Longstaff in that middle yesterday. It's weird because you normally get that from Joe Linton. Um, he just didn't seem to be. He didn't seem to turn up. And and if I'm going to be honest, a lot of them didn't turn up yesterday. But you know, we were we were saying throughout the the watch along yesterday that we missed Sean Longstaff, and it was quite quite obvious that we were. Um, obviously, he did come on in the second half, and you know whether he made an impact or not is is, is another story. And, and personally, I don't know if he really did. Um, but we did look a bit sharper in the second half, and I'm sure we'll come to that. Um, you know, I think Villa just set out from the get go to catch us on off guard and we never recovered we mm. just continually got done by the same ball um as me and him was saying off camera uh we we just didn't look like we we wanted it we didn't look up for it 
Um, it was almost like West Ham's performance against us last week, where they they just didn't seem to want it. They didn't seem up for it. Um, we I don't know what happened. We just didn't turn up. And and you know what? It, it's going to happen. But we'll get on to more mm. about the game later on. I think. Uh- I know we'll, we'll be focusing a lot about, about Newcastle throughout this one. We'll probably go around about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Daryl, I think just to start this one off, for, from our, our point of view, we have to give credit to, to Aston Villa as well. We're not taking anything away from them because they were top of their game yesterday. And they clearly wanted that result a hell of a lot more than our lads. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they came in that game and you could tell straight away there was a spring in that step. and They had that chance really early on. Um, counter-attacking one of our first efforts on their goal um, and Watkins comes straight in and hits the post with the first shot um, there was a lot like of 45 that, seconds in Darrell, yeah, that, isn't it? yeah. Uh, I mean there was an energy about them that was very reminiscent of how we can be if you know what I mean you know we've shown that we can be like that in the past um, like Scott said about it being like West Ham like West Ham's performance against us I would more liken it to when we played Man United Man U um, yeah. before that um, you know Aston Villa were basically us and we were Man United. That's how that game played out yesterday. Um, and you're right, that first opportunity after 45 seconds really shook the team. Like, not just a player, but like the whole lot of them just seemed to be like taken aback by that and shocked. And it, it played out in the rest of the game. And, you know, you've mentioned there, you know, getting done by the same ball over and over and over again. And for whatever reason, not being able to, to manage that, um, which I'm sure Eddie will be looking at this week. And, it's going to be interesting to see how we come up against Spurs next week. But yeah, Aston Villa were absolutely on fire. Credit to them. Absolutely man to a man. I'll, I'll stay with you, Daryl, because that's probably the first time this season this, this defence has struggled against a, a single striker. And and Watkins, we know he's in top form at the minute. Absolutely. He's on fire since the, the World Cup and since the return and the end of the tournament. But not once in that game did our defence look comfortable defending against Watkins. Not once. Yeah. Um, you know, Watkins, we mentioned it in the preview, actually, that Watkins would be a massive threat in this game. And it, it really did prove to be that. And his movement across that front line was causing major problems for everybody. Mm. Um, and even you've got to include, when you say about Watkins, you've got to include the two wingers as well. When Dia gave Dan Byrne frigging nightmares and, and um, Ramsey on the other side just absolutely had Kieran Trippier's life and mm. couldn't deal with it. And, that's again the credit to to Aston Villa and even to Unai Emery. He knew how to handle that, like to handle us as a team, and they were, like we say, much like we can be, and they were high pressing and they were constantly putting pressure on us, and it really made us uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, Ian, I think now we should really look at some individual performances, and I know that the team as a whole were, were flat yesterday. Every single single man, apart from I would arguably say Jacob Murphy in the first half, who. And Isaac were looking at trying to, to get the ball and go forward. The rest of them, they just, just weren't there, especially the midfield. But if we start right back in defence, um, Nick Pope had a couple of shaky moments. A couple of balls which hit the back of the net. I know one of them was offside. But there's there's two that have gone past him, which he should be doing a hell of a lot better. But we'll not focus too much on Nick Pope. I think we'll have to highlight Kieran Trippier's performance because that was prayer yesterday from Trivia, and if we go over to the left-hand side, Dan Byrne once again is becoming the the target from other teams where, and I'm not using target as a pun to get target back into the <laughs> team, but it seems that our teams are looking down that left-hand side and thinking, if we've got a bit of pace and a, a bit of speed on the winger, we can get past him every, almost every single time. 
Hundred percent. I think across across the back four, maybe arguably Shaw was was probably the best out of the back five. It, it just touching on Nick Pope as well. I completely agree with what you were saying about the the goal that was offside. In his defence, there's a tiny nick off Trippier, and I think he might get that third goal. It possibly rolls up his leg, goes in, but he, there was a countless chances where he saved it with his feet. Uh, that, could, that could have been a cricket score, quite frankly. Mm. They hit the bar, they hit the post. Nick Pope saved, I think, two or three. So, But looking at the fullbacks, I think Trippier, it's probably his worst game that he's played for. Um, and that was evident from minute one. He was, he was caught out. He looked slow getting back. Um, he's passing. He's decis- like even simple five, ten yard passes. He was given away, and s- sometimes it was breaking back to him. But um, touching on Dan Byrne, I don't want to slag him off because I do like him. I think he's a he's a good professional. Obviously, he's a local lad, but he's he's starting now to show more and more limitations at left back. Um, he's he's not quick. He's not dynamic. Um, and then obviously the the break and play that leads to their first goal comes from him trying to cry turn in his own half, taking about five minutes to do so, and then then breaking away. But um, yeah, just across across the board, I thought even Sven Botman looked looked very shaky. Um, they just couldn't cope, like you, like the guys were saying there, couldn't cope with Ollie Watkins's movement, and it was the same ball between sort of Trippier and Shaw every time that was catching them, which obviously led to, to their first goal. Mm. Stick them with, with Dan Burns, Scott, because like like I said at the start of this, we, we did the watch along, and yeah. I, I mentioned in the watch along that ever since Mark said on the Always Man Face podcast that Dan Burns gets forward. Dan Byrne starts drifting into these positions as if he's a number 10 and he finds yeah. himself tucked in where Maxi would normally tuck, it, tuck in mm-hmm. to take a shot on goal and yeah. he's in absolutely no man's land. And there was a couple of times in the game where, where Aston Villa hit us on the counter-attack and Fabian Shaw and Botman had a, were so stretched because one of them was having to drop into that position where Dan Byrne should be. I'm not sure if that's something which Eddie Howes told him to do, push further forward. Or, or what? Because since he started doing that even more, that's when we've looked limited at the back in regards to defending and, and getting hit on the counter-attack every single time. Yeah, I mean, I think we said during the, the watch-along yesterday, you know, we were 2-0 down and he was still doing it. It's like, you, you, you've got to just revert to damage limitation when that happens. And, and he, he was still drifting forward, um, you know, throughout the game, even though he was it was obvious we were getting caught. So, I don't know if he's been told to do that. Like you say, maybe he's, um, it's something that he's picked up on that he's not really, we're not really attacking much down that side. So he maybe he feels like he needs to. Um, but yeah, I think the the lack of pace on him, he's not the sort of player who can really be doing that uh, without suitable cover. And I think that was the other thing we missed. When you looked at the midfield, the way Aston Villa had set up our entire three midfielders were close at the trip here for most of the game because of their setup, and it mm. left a gaping gap where Dan Burns on his own in no man's land, even if, if he wasn't pushing forward, and then they'd run up you know, with a couple of players and exploit that. And it, it was just all around just good game management from Villa on how to you know, exploit our weaknesses, and they played to our weaknesses throughout that entire game. And the crack showed. And, you know, it, it's, it's not a worry, because I'm pretty sure Eddie Howe will have them probably in this morning uh, after that and, and, and giving them a good rollick and, and giving them, you know, be watching where they've went wrong and, and what's happened and how they're going to fix it. And they'll probably work on that all week. Um, but I think with Dan Byrne, obviously, you know, Target did come on. He didn't look much better, if I'm being honest with you. I think, you know, 
he got done for their second or third goal. It was the third, yeah. The, 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 only, the only thing I'll give him credit for with that is obviously he hasn't played for a long time, so there will be rust. He will be a bit rusty when it comes to that. So, you know, you can almost forgive him for that. But again, it's, it's just not good enough for where we are in the league and what we've set as an expectation and a bar throughout the season. We were miles below that bar yesterday and it's it short. Scott, do you think that's somewhere we'll probably look at the summer, that left-back position? Joe, as I was thinking about this uh, before we went online, I, I'm in a in a way, and this is going to sound really, really awful, but I'm kind of pleased that this sort of things happened because it has highlighted where we need to strengthen. And if there was any doubt in the owner's mind of, you know, well, we can't really spend this much money because we've got this FFP or that FFP, maybe it's now going to be like, okay, well, actually, if we're going to compete in Europe, we're going to need, regardless, to maybe bend some FFP rules or, or breach FFP for one season because we're going to have to strengthen. I think the left-back position, it's funny because we brought in Target and we brought in Target from Villa because he wasn't getting a game and that's why Target pushed and now he's not getting a game for us. So is it Target or is it just the case that Burns been doing so well that Eddie Howe can't play him? Obviously, Target's had a little injury as well. Uh, uh, you know, so I think it's a ladder, Scott. I think it's because Dan Burns done so well, um, yeah. which has obviously exceeded everybody's expectations of Dan Burn. Um, but but yeah, I, I think personally, I think it's probably is somewhere now which which the club will address at, at that position. I'd be very shocked if we don't bring in a starting left back, and whether that means Target goes elsewhere or Dan Burn then becomes backup centre back, and you have a bit of a shuffle around there at centre back. But yeah. Um, Daryl, um, obviously we need to focus on, on the midfield as well. Our two Brazilian boys in the centre of midfield, no way to be seen yesterday. And I think we can categorically say there now, that was probably their worst performance in a Newcastle shirt, whilst Joe Linton's been in that midfield position. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was poor yesterday. It was, and you know, you, you say they our two Brazilian boys, and they got done by Aston Villa's one Brazilian boy, really, because I thought Luis was absolutely outstanding yesterday, mm. winning, winning those balls, and especially taking it off Bruno and off of Joe Linton as well. He really got in the mix between them, and um, it disrupted their flow. Um, and you know, that midfield three as a whole, I think we've probably saw yesterday that Joe Willock isn't really fit. It doesn't really fit the the mould of that three that we're playing in there at the minute. Um, we see Joe Willock more effective when he's out wide and given more of a license to attack. Um, I think Eddie might have tried to sort of like mix it up from last week and sort of copy the second half and have the two of them sit, and then let Joe Willock have a bit of a, a free room going forward from there. But again, yesterday because of the way Villa were playing and and the way that they were pressing us, that they just didn't give them as a two any time on the ball whatsoever. Mm. And like Scott said earlier, and like we all agree that we missed Sean Longstaff in there purely for his pressing and his ability to get around the pitch and to, to press himself. Um, I don't think, you know, Joe Willock, we love Joe Willock, but he doesn't fit that in that midfield three. It's not his role. Um, he did try, you know, there were times when he was tracking back to try and win the ball off the advancing Villa midfielders, but it just wasn't working. It doesn't have the same effect as, as what Sean Longstaff would have in the game. When he came on, I agree, he didn't really have that impact, whether or not it was because it was later on in the game um, it's hard to come into that game at that it is, point, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he would have struggled in that respect. Um, but again, it's it, it is credit to Villa because they absolutely managed that game to perfection on on their side of things. And you know, it, it doesn't take much, but it, it's all. It was almost as if it was like a little little virus spreading through the team. That as soon as the back was starting to get shaky, the middle started to get shaky, and then it eventually spread to up front as well. 
I think what we'll have to mention as well, Daryl, is that I would say about 80% of Bruno's touches yesterday were a foul. He, he couldn't stop fouling players. Honestly, he was holding on to the ball that little bit too long at times. Yeah. Where really we need to be so quick at moving the ball because as soon as as soon as Villa were, were obviously stealing possession off us and, and so easily at times, the the pace that they could get that ball into our box in a dangerous position was was frightening. It really was, it was scary. Yeah. But Bruno just had one of the games where everything he touches is a foul. Absolutely. It was it was really careless and you know, you would think that as the game was going on that they would sort of realise that actually, yeah, we can't keep like dwindling on the ball here, we've got to keep it moving uh, and get it around the pitch, and it just didn't seem to to happen. Um, again, if that was just down to the shell shock that they were feeling from Aston Villa's press, um, but again, that we know that that is something that they can work on on the training ground, and that they'll be ready for going into future games. Mm. And and sticking on on this subject, Ian, is that Villa really managed to con the ref throughout that game as well. <laughs> Every time. A Newcastle player went near a Villa player. All they had to do was fall on the ground and they were getting the free kick every single time. And that's... Do you know what is that? I don't want to focus too much on the referee and stuff like that because a lot of them were free kicks. But Villa figured out that really, really early on into the game. And it was Newcastle's fault. And like I said, Bruno Jolin for making those those fouls. Oh, well, no, not necessarily fouls, but making those challenges to give the ref that option to give a free kick. Because... We looked at after the game, Scott, and was it something like 15 free kicks or something, yeah, which they had throughout that pounds. game? And yeah. I thought it was a lot more during the game. But they had, they had the, the ref in the palm of the hand, like. 100%. I think the crowd played a part in that as well. Obviously, the, the yeah. Villa Park yesterday was bouncing. Um, very similar to what, what Daryl touched on. It was almost a carbon copy of us at home against Man United. Um, there was a couple, a couple of decisions that I, I thought could have went our way. I think one in the second half where maybe Bruno goes to run through. I think someone tries to play a ball. There's about three of them block him off and it doesn't get given. But you, you kind of, like you say, you kind of focus too much on that. All round, we were just very, very poor. I think there was, at times it looked like we hadn't even played again. I don't know whether that's the a couple of the, the changes in, in sort of shifting Willick back into centre midfield and playing Gordon on the left. It just didn't look like there was that sort of chemistry and that link up that we, we're used to. Um, like I said, I don't think Gordon had a particularly great game. Um, he, he tried to get on the ball, but there was a couple of occasions where he was making really good runs on the left-hand side, and it was either Bruno or Joe Linton just wasn't getting his head up, and it was all trying to come down all right. But um, like I say, it's just an all all round bad day. I, I don't think we could cope with how intense Villa were pressing, and usually that's what we're used to is is pressing other teams, and I, I think. We just looked so, so leggy. And you can maybe forgive that after the sort of, if it was this time last week where we had the, the three games in a week um, with the travel. But like I say, we've had a, a full week's rest and I just thought, well, look, literally sometimes like we're running through custard. Um, and mm. that that was throughout the whole spine of the team, the, the sort of two in midfield in Bruno and, and Joe Linton. Um, and then your centre-backs and obviously the, uh, the, the wing-backs. So I just thought we looked so sluggish. I think as well, when I think it was for their, not their first goal, it was where they hit the crossbar and had that chance. When you look at what they were doing, they had about maybe five or six bodies in and around the box and our midfield was still trying to come back with them. We just we couldn't go with them. And fair play to Villa is, as much as it is as I say, they just absolutely had my number yesterday. We got completely done. 
Yeah, you mentioned Gordon there, and it's. I just want to say now that it's a very hard game to judge a player on, especially Gordon gets his, his first chance starting for the club there. And we can't really judge that performance because all around, there wasn't a single player that, that really took the game by the scruff of the neck. A couple of them were trying at times. I mentioned Murphy earlier on, but as his game went on, he started being poor, more poor as the game obviously progressed. But for, for Gordon, I've seen a lot of things on, on social media, especially Twitter, saying that he's, he's shy, he's a big waste of money and stuff like that. You, you can't judge him on that game. You really can't. You need to get a run in games. Whether or not you'll get that run in games, we don't know this season because it's obviously you've got Maxi who's apparently going to be fit for the, for the next game. Um, obviously, you've got the possibility of, of moving Willock, Joe Linton on that left-hand side as well. So that's a, that's a position in the team at the minute which is quite difficult to get that, that holding spot there. Yeah. Um, Scott, if I want to focus on a couple of positives, okay? And I yeah. know that there might not be many positives to take from this game because we did get an absolute hiding and we got taught a lesson at times. But it was good to see the link-up play once again between Wilson and Isaac when they yeah. came on. I think that's maybe two or three games in a row they've had that poss- that chance of playing alongside each other. And every single time, there's been a decent chance created from the pair of them linking up with each other. Similar to what arguably you'll see Spurs do with, with Son and, and Kane. Yeah. That sort yeah. of partnership. Um, so it's good to see that. And I also want to highlight Miggy getting some game yeah. time as well. Miggy back from injury. And Miggy looked, he looked quite lively as he always does when he got that chance. He did. I mean, the, the, the one thing I think I mentioned yesterday with, with Miggy was you could tell he wasn't, he's not back 100% because you could tell he wasn't at his full, he wasn't going full pelt when mm. he was running. He, you know, he was holding back a little bit. And that's just because you've come back from an injury. You don't want to, you know, pull anything when you, you're just getting minutes in the tank. So, you know, the, the link up, the triangle that we talked about all season between him, Trippier and Botman seemed to be back when Miggy came on and it seemed to work a little bit. We actually got a bit of joy down that left-hand side when Miggy came on. I thought, to be honest, the, the start of the second half, we were actually, you know, looking like we were going to get back into it. I think the second goal was just a sucker, the sucker punch that took it out of her. No, I'm not, I don't mean sucker punches and it went against the role of play. It was just, it just took my wind out of her in terms of anything that we had going forward and then the rest of it was there. Um, yeah, Callum Wilson and Isak, yeah, I think they're going to be a good partnership if we can get them. If we can find a a, a role in a formation that fits those two playing together, I think we're in for a good, good run with a good partnership of two players. Um, there's no reason why, you know, they can't be like Kane and Son. Um, you know, the Isak's certainly got the ability and, and Kane's got the sorry, and Wilson's got the finishing. Why not? I mean, the the the, the very, very like for like players. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of a gulf in the in the skill level in terms of you know if you were to rate them, but that's going to come. I mean, Isak's still young. Obviously, Wilson's at the, probably at the end of his tail end of his career, but so is Harry Kane. Like, and he's banging them in. Um, so I, I don't know how they're going to do it because I think the way we play, apart from yesterday, does work. Um, in the formation we play works to our advantages. Um, so when you bring that on, you do lose that a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it was it was good to see that even, you know, throughout the game, no matter how bad we were doing, we were still trying things. We weren't just, you know, shutting up shop, mm. putting everyone behind the ball and, and parking the bus because you could quite easily have done that. We were still actually trying to do something. Okay, it didn't come off. We didn't really, I think we only had two shots on target. 
um, in that first half. And I, I don't know what we had in the second half. I, did, I forgot to check. Um, but yeah, I, I think for Miggy, going back to what you were saying about Gordon as well, with Miggy coming back, it's going to make it harder for Gordon to get into the side because Miggy will slot into that right-hand side um, and, and possibly push Murphy out. Because Murphy, although he was good that you know for parts in that first half, it's been about three games now where he hasn't been performing to the best of his abilities that he has been in previous games. So I think maybe he's, that might be a case of Miggy's coming back, Miggy will slot in where Murphy is, and then you've got the right with... Uh, with Mac, uh, the left, sorry, with yeah. you've got Maxi, and you've even could probably play Murphy on that side as well if needs be. Uh, Joe Willock. So I think Gordon's going to find it tough to break into the side once everyone's back fit. Um, a lot of people saying, "Well, that's his chance; he's blew it." No, it isn't. Yeah. The, the kids. I don't think he's twenty year old yet. Like it's, it's not, it's not his chance blown. It was a problem. Was the whole team weren't performing, and it just happened to be his game to shine and. You can't shine on your own. You can't have an individual performance when the rest of the team aren't, aren't performing. It just doesn't work like that. Um, so, yeah, I think for Gordon, I think fans just need to be a bit patient with him. He's, he's, you know, again, he's had an injury. He's only really coming back. He's, he's had fits and starts. Obviously, what happened last week when he was... That well, was definitely off, a fit. Doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't help his cause, but... I think you'll. I don't think that's anything internally in the club. I think that's media making that a lot bigger. I saw tweets from, yeah. you know, respected from journalists. journalists, respected journalists, bringing that up and say you don't need to do that. Like it's it's got nothing to do with it. I mean, we mentioned it in the in the in the preview. In the preview, yeah. It's kind of a passing comment going. There will be some fans who might think this, and they've got journalists putting that out there. It's just like you can't be doing what, that. Like, it, what Scott's referring to, if people don't know, is, is basically we'll, we'll yeah. not say, say any names or anything like that, but it's saying that Eddie Howe has only started Gordon because of what Gordon did by being yeah. substituted off in the last minute and basically kicking off. That that isn't the case, of course. It's no, not. Not it, at all. Um, Daryl, we'll, we'll end it on this one. I mm-hmm. think if we've got to summarize this one and put it, obviously, put it in a nutshell, it's basically just a bad day at the office. We haven't had many of them. This season, but that's it. At the end of the day, let's not let's not get annoyed too much. Let's not jump on players' backs because of individual performances just yet. It's just it was just categorically bad day for every single one on the field. Yeah, absolutely. You know that that's it. the bad day in the office is the perfect way to sum it up. Um, you know, and you, you can probably count on less than one one hand the amount of times that we've felt like this this season. Um, and putting it into perspective in terms of the league, it's only our fourth loss of the entire season in the league. So that's that speaks absolute volumes for me and it's a way to put a positive spin on it. Um, and I think if you, you think about trying to think of when we've been like this in, in, in the season and yesterday, so yeah, um, yesterday against Villa as we record, that's one. First half against Brentford, fairly recent. But yeah, you would probably put that in that category as well. Um Arguably, you could say down at Hillsborough when in the FA Cup when we lost to Sheffield Wednesday. That's the third one. But other mm. than that, I mean, we've lost games this season and not been as bad as that. We've played really well in some of those games. You know, Liverpool, 97th minute winner from them, disputed. You know, um, it, it's it's nothing that we should be going into complete meltdown about, which I have seen. And as a few of the other ads in the group have, have also noted that, you know, it, it, there's no need for this meltdown that we're seeing from certain parts of the fan base. There's no need. It's 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 one loss. One last fourth one of the season. It's absolutely fine. We're absolutely and, fine. Daryl, that's what I was going to say next. If, if Degger was to summarise it, how would he summarise it? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. 
Fine. Do you know what it is, right? Every team has this in a season. I mean, you look at Absolutely. Man U getting pumped 7 0 off, off mm. Liverpool. Tottenham have it. Well, Tottenham had it yesterday. They got beat off uh, Bournemouth. That was my next you point, know, so sticking on that one. Yeah. That gave us that bit of a, a life jacket at that moment for that push for, it for top the floor. It's, it's, kept it, it's kept it the same as before kickoff. So it's, it's a lot more palatable now. It's, yeah, and you've got to you've got to consider as well that now after what Brighton did to Chelsea yesterday, they're only four points behind Spurs with two with games two in hand. hand. So yeah. you know the pressure's actually really on Spurs. Yeah, not us. We're fine. Fine. Yeah, I was, saying, I was saying off camera, I think I think Villa are more of a threat. Villa and Brighton are more of a threat than, than Spurs for that fourth place spot. And that's great to see. I mean, disrupting the so-called top six. Love it. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned that's it in, in the, the watch-along, Scott. That it, it's great to see the Premier League so competitive in, yeah. in regards to that battle for Europe. Because I couldn't even tell you the last time we've really seen it. It's always been the same, same teams in around that um, little group. But obviously, you've got ourselves and Brighton. Villa that are all there trying to, to rock the boat of the Premier League and and proven to do so as well because you've got Spurs underperforming, you've got Chelsea that are just rotten at the minute. Yeah. They they just keep on dropping and dropping. And you wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the bottom half of the table coming in. They they're they're yeah. So so you wouldn't be surprised to see them stay there and, and cement yeah. there because that's a big, big project ahead of them to, to get back to the level where the wants were. Huge. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you look at Man United, I know Man United have, have turned it around this season, but you can see, see Kings in the air all as well. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's a great, great season this year. And that's just at the top of the table before you even look at the bottom. And thank God we're not involved in that. <laughs> yeah, we've done that. We've done that and got the T-shirt. Yeah, doing that we've again. done that. We, we don't, I, let, let's not ever do that again. I'm happy no. being on this side. This side. We, we, we'll stick up here. Well, yeah. I think, as crossed, if we do get Europe next season, that, that doesn't happen because you see that with some sides where they have mm. a really good season, they qualify for Europe and they just kind of cope with the squad and mm. it affects their league position. We, 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 um, we did it ourselves about 10 years ago. Yeah, we did. You know? <laughs> we did, I. We did, I. Um, we've got that T-shirt as well, Daryl. Nah, you have. <laughs> we've got a wardrobe full of these T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else that anybody wants to add before we end this one? Oh, good. Mm. I'm just glad we'll yesterday that. came against Villa rather than yeah. Spurs to give them mm. the end. And so I think what Scott said at the top of the video, Eddie Howe will get them in, right the wrongs, and then go again. And let's face it, and I hope like, this doesn't come back and bite us in the ass, but Spurs aren't aren't that good at all um, and obviously yesterday's results helped out so if we can get that then like I say it'll be a lot more palatable and I think as well just touching on the, the last three away games I would have been happy with five points out of that I would have arguably wanted to win against West Ham and if you could pick up points against Brentford and Villa I think that would have been a very good return yes we've lost against Villa but in my mind we've got one more point than what I expected so if you put it that way it's not all bad and like you say it's just been a bad day at the office yeah. Well, thanks everybody for for joining me. Um, this has been a lot more easy to talk about than what I thought it was going to be. I think <laughs> we've got a few things off our chest. I think it's about time we just put that in a little box, tuck it under the bed, uh, and never never open that one again. Um, it's like a therapy session, isn't it? It is. It is, it is like a therapy. Which <laughs> should, should start by the charging, end of the day. <laughs> yeah, we should. For this. Uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, thanks everybody for, for listening to the audio as well. We are pushing the audio of the podcast at the minute as well. So just pop yourself on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, wherever you listen to your audio podcast. Give it a five star rating. It helps us out massively. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, that helps us too. 
become a subscriber costs you absolutely nothing to do that i think we're just shy well just shy of 200 subscribers away from 10,000 uh, at the minute scott 9,810 the last time I so yes so we're getting there almost at 10,000 pounds so even if you don't support Newcastle you're watching this if you're a Villa fan watching this go and subscribe we've been very nice about Villa the last week or so um, plenty of more than some, fans eh? in the more comments than I know more, more than, than some, some. A lot more we've than been some. quite nice to you guys and rightly so um, and if you want to give an extra bit back it is just two ninety nine a month to become a member you get early access to a lot of videos. You get extra bonus videos and you get access to the Telegram group, which is full of Newcastle United fans just having a general chat about all things black and white. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.